Hi, welcome to The School Run. I'm Jane. And I'm Liv. And we are going to share with you the best conversations we have on our school run. We will invite guests and debate topics that affect and resonate with every generation. We all remember our own school run. So maybe have a think about yours. What do you remember? Hello and welcome to another episode of the School Run Podcast. Thank you for being here. If this is your first time listening, um, my name's Jane and I'm joined by my co-host, now 16-year-old daughter, Liv. And we started this podcast earlier in 2023 um, to inspire and empower young people, just to let them know that you don't have to have it all figured out at school. And GCSEs and A-levels don't need to define you at all. So let's explore a range of careers and journeys that people go on and be inspired by lots of people's stories and journeys. Liv, are you excited about this episode? Yeah, it's weird you calling me 16, though. That that was a bit... I'm so you saying, I'm my co-host who is 15 years old, but I'm not anymore. I'm she's, 16. She's not anymore, and we're in the midst of the GCSEs. It's going well for everybody that's been following the journey because we've got some lots of regular supporters that reach out and send me messages and DMs and little emails and WhatsApp voice notes to say, oh, I loved this week's episode. Thank you for inspiring me on my school run. And this feels a bit like our school run chat um, because we have a long journey to school at the moment and we have some amazing chats and now we can bring guests along and and be a little bit more inspired along the way. I just want to clear something up. All my friends at school, you always ask me, do you actually record it in the car? And I'm like, no, because the sound quality would be awful. So I'm just clarifying, we record it at home, not in the car. (laughs) Absolutely. So back to the original question, now you've made some clarity on that point. Are you excited about this episode and would you like to introduce our guest? Of course I'm excited. Do you know what? I know people say, oh yeah, you're just saying that, but I genuinely am excited for every single episode, especially when I I don't really know somebody like today's guest, but I always get excited because I know I'm going to learn something new and that's just exciting for me. So Absolutely. And this episode is going out straight away on Monday. Um, and the, we normally would just have me and you chatting on this episode, but we've got a huge event coming up. And so we've invited the organiser and the, the brains and the inspiration behind this event, well, part of that, you know, to tell us a little bit more about her. So today we're joined by Sarah Botham. Sarah is a mum and full-time worker. That's how she wanted me to describe what she does. She runs a foundation and she's heading up with um, a team of people developing future winners. Thank you for joining us, Sarah. Thank you very much for having me on. I'm so excited about this. You reached out to me on... um, an inbox message on Facebook. We've been friends for quite a while because we've got mutual friends and family in, in common and just said you were doing this event. You sent me a link to the Daily Mail article. What's it all about? What have you? What are we partnering up involved in with the School One podcast? I'm so excited. We both are. Well, it actually, it's we're sort of relaunching it. So it's a program which Anna Coulson devised back in 2016. And you're going to be speaking to Anna She's currently the executive head teacher at the Frobelian School in Leeds. And Anna is a friend of mine who I've done a bit of work with before. And she devised this, this programme, which she'll tell you in, in far more detail than I will ever be able to do. And she'll also tell you correctly because I tend to make things up if I can't remember exactly how it goes. Um, so Anna made a pro- Anna developed this program called Developing Future Winners back in 2016 and ran three conferences, day conferences, which is aimed at schools and businesses. And the whole idea behind it is very similar to how you work in the way that there is a winner in everyone and there is a winner in everything that you can do. And it is not necessarily how high you can jump, how fast you can run, the person who scores the goal. It can be anything from getting up that morning and being able to face the world to putting a PowerPoint presentation for your colleague to read out, or it could be the pass to the person who scores the try. So winning 
is very much subjective to how you see it. And it's about achieving your targets and your goals in life without burning out, without getting so anxious about it that you feel sick and don't enjoy it. And it's about looking after yourself, because if you look after yourself, then you can carry on managing the rest of your life. And you do need to have certain things, your ducks in a row, to be able to keep going day after day. So developing future winners, we bring the schools together with the businesses and we try and inspire the young leaders within school, the sixth form, the leadership teams, and explain to them and show them how important it is to have strategy, motivation, resilience. So how we do that is we bring back people from the sporting world or from the public eye and they come and talk about a certain experience that they have had which most people will know about. So you can relate to parts of it. It doesn't have to be the whole thing. So you could relate to them getting up and training every day, even if they have a cold or an injury, because it's it's the end game. You could probably relate to the nerves that they had and listen to how they overcame that. You could probably relate to if they failed or they didn't achieve what they wanted to, which isn't necessarily a failure. It's just another path of learning how to do it for the next time. So it's, it's, we try and use past experiences and the people who took part in those experiences to come and talk about how they manage their expectations, how they manage their health, their sleep, their nerves, the, the public perception, the press and their lives at that time and how they achieve their goals. So they speak and then they interact with the businesses and and the the pupils there to get a great understanding. And we have a fabulous gentleman called Jamie Peacock who represented Great Britain, uh, rugby league, captain side. Um, He is our wellbeing coach. So he'll come and talk a lot more and a lot more in depth about the wellbeing, motivation, leadership skills And Anna Coulson, who I spoke about earlier, she comes and she talks a lot about the education system and and how you can implement well-being within the school place. And I don't talk. I I just put it together in the background and sit quietly. I tell you what, that's a hard job, though, Sarah. You know, you're handling a lot of people, aren't you? And managing a lot of juggling a lot of balls to bring an amazing event together at Headingley in Leeds, which is an iconic place. Um, There's a lot to do. But it's exciting. And we're bringing back something which we all believe in. We've got a small team working hard and long hours behind the scenes because we really, one, we believe in it. Two, we're all parents. So we've got children and we, we want it to, we, we can see the benefits of it for our children. Um, and yeah, it's, it is my skill set. You know, I'm not a, an A-grade student. I never was. Um, I loved my sport uh, at school and I loved being social and I like things to be organised. Um, and that was before I became a mother. I've always liked to organise and it's always been something that I've done within my, my work. Um, so yeah, I'm thriving off it. I love it. And, and the, the further down the road we go with it, the more people I speak to, there are so many little, um, synergies. There's so many little partnerships, relationships coming to, to fruition. And and what's great about it is we're not just doing one event, we're doing lots. So these relationships will just hopefully just blossom and will help more and more people and get more people involved. And, and yeah, that's how we see it going. So and the impact say, will be great. The impact will be huge on young people. And I think yeah. that that's, yeah, that's what's in in the hearts of everyone involved that you're pulling together, that it's going to really impact. Having heard Sarah speak, and there's a few other people involved as well as Jamie Peacock, which we'll come on to. What are you thinking so far, Liv? I, I absolutely like love the concept because what I'm thinking to myself is like, when I'm sat in assembly or, you know, I'm, I'm listening to people, you know, who are trying to help me. It's really hard to listen to them when they haven't experienced what you have because it's like, but you don't really understand. But but because you have those, but because you're having people coming back and telling their own experiences of what they've been through, and if someone can relate to that, they know, 
right, I'm not alone. Like someone else has been through that. You know, I'm not like, you know, they, they can listen to that and they can and they can w- learn how to like work through it because like I would listen to someone more if they've gone through it than someone who's, you know, just telling me like a general theory, just a general theory. Like if you've been through it, I'm like, you, you honestly understand how I'm feeling. And even if I don't know that, like person personally I just be like you you, like you get it like you understand me and I think that's what's really important for young people especially like nowadays it's like you don't want to be feel like out of place and sometimes that's why it's hard to share your feelings because you think what if no one else like feels like this what if it's just me but having people come back with their own experiences like you have in developing the future winners it's like yeah, I'm not alone. Like someone else has been through that, and that, that's why I really love it. But you might you, you you can sit there and how many times during the day when when you're watching something, you're listening to something, TV, or you're walking down the street and you identify with something. You identify with what somebody's wearing or how they're reacting to a situation. With with developing future winners by using the sporting world or or the public eye. You might not identify it for yourself, but it might also help you understand how somebody within your social set or not even within your social set, somebody you know, how they have reacted or coped with something. You can, It can bring a reality to something that you didn't quite understand. So you start to understand how other people think and work out. And you know, if you, in sport as well, it's brilliant because if you're playing a team sport, you need to understand how you're teammates work if you're in a a group an office at work when you leave school and you go into the workplace you don't choose who you're going to be working alongside so it's great to be able to understand how different people cope and react to certain situations it prepares you and it prepares you to understand and to move on with it yeah and it helps you also like like uh, if you know how someone's going to react because you understand them. You can also you can also adapt yourself. You know how to talk to people better to see how they will to get a better response. Like how to ask the better question depending on who you're talking to. Like I know if I was asking a question to my mum, that question would be totally different to my stepdad, who I know he's all about the detail. Like he'd want what I was really talking about. Whereas mum be like, mum. Please can I have a hot chocolate? Whereas I know with Anne, I'd be, I know it's like a weird analogy, but <laughs> if I was looking to my stepdad, I'd be like, yeah, Anne, please can I have hot chocolate with warm milk with marshmallows and cream because he wants the step-by-step process. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird analogy, but that's how it kind of is making sense in my head. Well, see, there you go. You've related to something that I've said about being on a sports, sports field or being in an office to making a hot chocolate. <laughs> So now when you go and you leave this podcast tonight and you go and ask for your hot chocolate, I mean, you've got it all sussed already. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. 100%. And Liv is very passionate. Liv is very passionate about sports. Like you, Sarah, I'm not sporty in the slightest. I have run the London Marathon, but that's about the limits of it. And it was a shock to my school that that's where I went. But you're really sporty, aren't you? And you I did just, I have just come from playing a game of netball and I'm sat at my desk and I have an ice pack on my ankle because I just went over it. But I'm so used to it now that it's just like, oh, well, let's just put an ice pack on it. (laughs) So you mentioned your love of sports, Sarah. Where did that start? Where did it come from? And what what have you played and done through your life? What's your journey been? Sports-wise, so my, my sport was hockey. It wasn't netball. I've listened to the podcast, um, Liv, so I know about you, netball. Um, netball was never really my game. I, I was always hockey, um, and I loved it. So I uh, I think I probably started playing hockey when I was about eight or nine. Um, I represented Durham, Lancashire, north of England, Um I represented Durham School. I didn't go there, but they asked me to tour with them. I've toured South Africa, um, uh, Amsterdam. Uh, It's just, it's brilliant. So I I loved that. I loved the team sport. Um, I played mainly either half or back, um, left on the left side. I had quite a good um, reverse stick. So 
yeah, I, I loved it. And then you kind of, I play, play a bit of tennis socially. I'm not amazing at tennis. Sometimes I, I don't put enough top spin in and I always want to sort of hit it out the park. And sometimes it does literally go out the park. Um, <laughs> That's definitely <well>. me. <laughs> yeah. And it's also, it's, it's keeping your head, isn't it? You can be three sets up and, and you, you think I'm three sets up and then you think, Oh, why did I just think that? Because I'm now going to lose it. And you do, or I do. So it's, it's, in it's your mind, isn't it? Your head's got to be so strong. Oh, it's, um, I played a, a game with my um, my nephews last year, and they're they're majorly into their sports. Um, James is a professional rugby player, and, and Regan um, plays plus two. He plays off plus two in his golf. They're, they're fabulous, um, and it was the most competitive game I think I've played in in so long. And I didn't think Jimbo was going to speak to me for about half an hour after the game because I, I, I think my, my fitness failed me. You know, he's sort of budding. He was a budding 24-year-old professional rugby player racing around the court. And there was me, you know, a couple of years after having a child and, and sort of panting around the court. I was totally outplayed and I let the side down. Uh, so I have to improve on that definitely but uh, we're, we're a sporty family you said earlier um my surname both of them and uh, my, my father was a uh, cricketer for England um and he's taking part in developing future winners in um Headingley which is fabulous to work with him I work with my dad a lot uh, I run his foundation um and I've, I used to work with him at Sky Sports as well um so we've we've always had a good working relationship um and a great uh, family relationship um so my, my dad's obviously very sporty my brother very sporty Liam played two um, codes of rugby and, and professional cricket uh his children James professional rugby player um Regan plus two with his golf and he plays rugby and, and what have you and then um Liam's younger two uh are fabulous little golfers um and Benji I think is currently I'll get see this is where I get things wrong because I'll have heard it and I'll have thought <laughs> I know that I know that and now I'll get it wrong Benji's something like number four in the in the world rankings of like under 10 golf wow somebody's going to come back and correct me on that so I'm, I'm prepared for that but they are they're just yeah it it's sort of sports we, we've got a good um sport theme going through the family Hi everyone, we hope you're enjoying this episode so far. We're just cutting in to say, if you're enjoying our podcast, please click the follow button on whichever platform you're listening on. And please leave us a review. We'd be so grateful for your support and feedback. Podcasts are free to listen to, but if you are loving our school-run chats and debates, please consider buying us a virtual coffee. The link will be in the description of every podcast episode, and it will also be in the bio of our Instagram, which is at the school run under score official and why not give it a follow while you're there so you can see all the updates and get sneak peeks at upcoming episodes thank you so much and happy listening I suppose I I asked the question is it in the genes is it nature or nurture because that's a really interesting debate isn't it because you're all really playing fabulous sport um I think it's very much uh yeah, I think we've all got hand-eye coordination. Um, and I don't think any of us are going to split the atom when it comes to the brains department. We've um, we've always been, you know, not daft, but Imani, actually my niece, she was an A-grade student, very, very bright, um, but also a very good um, sportswoman as well, hockey, mm-hmm. again. Um, but yeah, it must it must run in the family. It must be something... You know, we're all we're all sort of enjoy it. We're quite competitive. We don't play board games at Christmas. That you know that was given up on a long time ago because <laughs> it's been competitive for those Christmas days. Um, <laughs> this, yeah, it, it must run in the family. But it's one thing that we all love. Yeah, and it, that's what I suppose brings you together. And obviously, sounds then like it's nurtured family. through the environment. Well, it's exactly like your sounds family, like, isn't I know, it? Sounds like my family. <laughs> well, not my side, but your dad's side. <laughs> yeah, even honestly, me and my grandma and my my auntie and my dad. Sometimes we sit down, not e- not even to or do sport. Literally, just we play Monopoly, and it's it it is com it 
it's scary how competitive it is. Like it's a bit dangerous. <laughs> and also yeah. what we always used to do, we had like a, a clip on um like ping pong net. So we'd take everything off the dining table and we'd be there for hours playing table tennis <laughs> and like whoever stayed on the longest. And honestly, it was competitive. And I know your dad used to tell me, you know, they, they spent hours and hours with balls and bats and you know clubs hitting balls and you know that repetitive practice it was yeah I it mean, was part of growing up I just I just said to my dad dad why do you never drop the ball when you catch it like I've never seen him drop the ball he said Liv it's because I literally when I was little I just practiced every single day which is something that he's saying to me now through my GCSEs like I, I revised re- like I, I I like school as well as I love playing sport, but I also have taken from sport what hard work gets you to. Like I know the hard work that I put into my netball got me to a really high level. So I've put that into now my revision for my GCSEs and my dad rings me every day and I come back and I say, Dad, it was awesome. And he was like, it's because you worked hard for it. Like you're thinking it's easy, but you put the work in for it. And yeah, he rings me every day and he's like, well, of course it's easy because you have, you've tried really hard and you put the effort in. And I was like, well, yeah. Have you enjoyed it? Yeah. I mean, as much as, you know, I feel like people look to the end goals. They say, I, you know, I want to get all A stars or I want to be professional cricketer. I think what's more important is I've started to now see my life as more of like a journey because it, especially like with sport and things, I'd put a lot of like pressure on myself to like go on a run. I've got to hit a PB or, but when I started looking at it as a long-term journey, I thought if this run's not good, it doesn't matter. Look in the long term, you know, it's a consistency in the, and just keep going every day and just keep doing a tiny little bit every day. It's not about that one moment and how important it is. You've got to think about it long term, big picture, um, which is what really helped me just starting to see my life as a journey instead of just singular moments put together. Yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? It's very interesting. And I, I assume that at Developing Future Winners, just coming back to the event, that, you know, the, the high profile legends in sport are going to share their moments of, you know, goal setting and, and the the failures that they maybe had and, and all of those kind of things to, to inspire young people in this way. Yeah. So we, we look at what they've done. They talk about the history um, and how they prepared for it and, and what they did. And what's really interesting is you get some surprises with how people prepare or don't prepare some some is raw talent where actually they don't overthink it they don't over strategize because they don't cope in that way whereas other people strategize and they have the whole plan the whole day planned out and they they have strategic plan in place and they want to follow it and both work and it also works if you're somewhere completely innocently in the middle um so we look so we have for, for headingly when we do the headingly we've um we've got it placed at the same time as it was in the 81 ashes so back in 1981 um my father started the series as captain and due to lack of form, he resigned as captain after the second test where he got a pair. So he was out for a duck both times. Walked off to complete silence at Lord's. Um, resigned. They brought in Mike Brearley as the captain, who's also going to be at Headingley talking as well, who was one of the most amazing cricket brains there's ever been. And he came in and took over the captaincy. And dad was chosen to be in the squad. Um, and the the interesting part is how Mike managed that team, which were 1-0 down. Ladbrokes had them 500 to 1 against. <laughs> so they had Australia winning 500 to 1. And they came out at Headingley and they played as a team and they... They're just a little things. I don't want to give too much away for when when you're sitting there and 
um, listening tonight, but he is, he's fascinating. He's fascinating, but you couldn't get two more polar opposites. Than really? And, and my, yeah, you couldn't. Um, and that's, you know, that's, that's life, isn't it? You, people are different. Everybody reacts to something in a different way. Um, I always say within an argument, there's very rarely a right and a wrong, especially when you take the emotion out of something. It's in, it's somewhere in the middle. Um, and that's because you're all human. You all have a way of feeling and thinking at that given time, which influences how you react to something. And I think about growing up and about going into the workplace, it's about learning. It's about dealing with a no, dealing with a failure. If you want to use the word failure, there's nothing wrong with failing. You just learn how to do it a different way the next time. Oh, you're so right. You're so right. I love that. I, I love that, that people need to understand that failure isn't the, I think, the, the end. I was just going to say, it's not something... Sorry I interrupted you, but it just, it just really touched um, me. Yeah, I just think it's just, again, something that you're not you're not really taught to do at school, you know. It's all, it's all dependent on that last GCSE or A-level and, you know, you don't fail, don't fail it. Like that that's like the main message, like all the exams that you do lean up to, it's like you can't fail it, you know, you have to get a good grade, you have to get a good grade, you have to get a good grade. But actually, what I realise is I've failed a lot of my exams and it's through that that I've learned about myself and how I revise best. And, you know, all those like failures, as you say, uh, the you know, the help the part of the journey. You can't just say, I always used to say, I didn't go out training today. I, I'm going to need to start again tomorrow. Like, I'm just going to have to restart everything. But when I started thinking, actually, no, today I didn't I didn't feel like it. Tomorrow's a new day. Doesn't mean a new journey. It's just part of the journey. And I think that's really important, like what you're saying. You know, you've got to fail to get better. You said earlier, I asked you a question, if you enjoyed the process of your GCSEs. And I think that, in a way, for some people, that... That's a little win because there's not many people who like doing exams. You know, the anxiety and the fear of failing. Yet you can always reset. I think the the worst thing you could do to yourself is not try your best and go in there not prepared and, and knowing that you've kind of already probably let yourself down a little bit because that's what it is. It's you, isn't it? It's your feelings. It, it's what happens inside of you, that tummy, that sickness in the pit of your tummy where you think, ugh. And you, nobody can say anything to make that go away. But you have said to me that you've enjoyed it and you've worked and you're going in there and you're doing your best. So I don't think you can fail because even if the grades don't come out right, you now know that you, you can reset them if you need be, but you you've not you've not failed yourself you've done everything that you can and everyone has limited abilities I could train every single day to run the 100 meters and I would never without I would improve on my time but I would never win the race because I'm slow and it is nothing to do with my passion or anything I know I will never win it but I can enjoy the training for it I don't know if I would enjoy the training for it, but (laughs) I might do. Um, And and that's it. You've got to know your limitations and you've got to know where you can work with other other people. And that's all about growing up and realising what you can do and enjoying what you can do and enjoying the stuff that you can't do brilliantly, but you can make a difference and you can help. Um, and I, I, that, that to me is, is really important. You know, I've got a little boy who's going to grow up um, in the, in, not in the shadows, because he'll never be in the shadows. He's got, you know, he's his own person. Um, but my, you know, my brother Liam, he was the eldest um, of the three of us. And he grew up with my dad, having played and captain for England, having played football professionally um, a little bit, because he played for Scunthorpe United. Um, when uh, when in in nineteen eighty nineteen eighty to nineteen eighty five he played a few games. Um, he plays golf really well. You know he he was 
he was up there, it must have been really difficult for Liam. He chose to play cricket and rugby and he played them both really, really well. Um, and he got an injury and that, and that stopped his professional sport. And his son, James, has now gone up and he's now playing professional rugby. So, you know, he's followed in his father's footsteps. And it's it's not easy for them, you know, because you, you get, uh, you know, Liam, poor old Liam, you get, oh, well, he's only in the side because he and both of them son. Um, or, oh. or, well, he should be doing well because he's Ian Botham's son. You know, what do you expect? Um, and he, you know, he had a good, strong character. So he was able, you know, able to overcome that. But he did ultimately um, go down the path of rugby. Um, James has gone down the path of rugby. And, you know, I don't know what my little boy is going to do. He might start playing the recorder. I hope it's not the violin unless he practices at school before he brings it home. <laughs> Yeah, he he's picked up the golf clubs and he's loving it. He you know, does swimming classes because I want him to be able to swim unaided, and he absolutely loves it. Um, so I don't know where where they're going. You know, he's going to go, but there's pressure out there. There's pressure from outsiders. There's pressure from within yourself, and I just think if we can help people channel their resilience, their motivation, understand themselves understand that there are going to be negatives and there are going to be knockbacks and you're not always going to win you're not always going to get the promotion you're not always going to get the job but to come back the next day and keep going um is so important it's the resilience yeah it is the resilience and I don't you know it's not taught as much in schools um I think it needs to be needs to be highlighted that you know you are going to have a few knockbacks um but you know get back get going. I know it's, it, it, you're absolutely right there are going to be knockbacks and and I think we spoke on an earlier episode with someone about I can't remember who which guest now because we've had a lot haven't we but we talked about non-competitive sports days and obviously your son's not at school yet but I don't know how you will feel as a really competitive family if at the school he's at potentially decides to run non-competitive sports days I really did not like it Liv had one in year six Sarah honestly and we sat there and we were like Everyone's getting a medal. Everyone was getting a medal. Everyone was a winner. There was no racing. It was all collective. And there's a place for that. Don't get me wrong about, but, but then, you know, that's not the Olympics. That's not elite sport. That's not. It's not life. (laughs) It's like you can't all apply for a job and all get the job. That's not how it works. You know, one, one person gets the job. So we've got to ensure that this resilience piece is within schools and within the things that we're doing. I mean, if you turned up to sports day and that's how it was, how would you feel? (laughs) You see, it it wasn't in our day, was it? It was, you know, sport was competitive. Um, Funnily enough, it was one of the questions that I, when I went to look around a few schools for, for Arthur, um, I, um, it was one of the questions I did ask. Did you? Yeah. Is, is, you know, what sports do you play and, um, is it competitive? And there was a really nice school. Uh, he's got in, he's got into the school I wanted him to get into. There was one school where I had no buts. It's a great school, but this, um, and the, the little the little school he's going to, which is a local school to here, there are no buts. I was I was really taken with it. Um and uh, I think Arthur will love it there. There's another school, and the but was when I asked about the sport, um, and I said, Is it competitive? The answer was, Well, if the children want it to be competitive. And I thought, well, I want Arthur to learn boundaries and respect and rules and teamwork and if you're asking a child if they want it to be competitive or not I've got no qualms of it being competitive one day and then inclusive for everyone to another day but I want the children to be told it I I want them to learn that they've got to listen and to respect what's being said to them um because they're not always going to have their way. They're not always going to have their say. Um, but it, 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 that was the but. 
with that really school. wow that's interesting yeah. yeah and obviously coming from a family of sports people and competition and that's that's part of what your son will be used to growing up with within the wider extended family as well won't it yeah that you know, we're not don't get me wrong we're not um when when we go over the kids aren't all training all day and or, or whatever. <laughs> no, I'm sure. absolutely not like that I know we're not it's not a regime like that we <laughs> we all have a, a, a good laugh and like the older ones will get the rugby ball out and they'll play with you know Arthur who's four and yeah they'll throw it and he'll he'll drop it or he'll fall over it or what have you and they'll fake rugby tackle him and do all the rough and tumble and um and they enjoy it and I think you know that that's the whole point of it when they're young but yes it does get to a point where you want to enjoy everything you do but you've also got to learn that there are boundaries and there are rules and there is competition and that is life you know because you can't say there's no winners because winner winning became quite a dirty word at one point and it was like well hold on a minute if you you go to court you don't want to tie you want to win don't you Um, you know that there are certain things where you really do need to win yeah. Um, so that's you know that's life. That's it, and it's got to be learnt somewhere. And I don't think it's fair for the children to go through a you know whatever you want, dear um, childhood and, and teenage years to then suddenly go out into the big bad world and and have the wind knocked out your sails because there's nose out there. Absolutely, and that's life. In our in our podcast, there we always ask several questions to sort of draw out certain things for our listeners. And and I wondered whether throughout your journey so far, um, you had a teacher or a mentor that had particularly inspired you. Could be a family member or someone from school or a friend or a grandparent. It could be anybody. You know, we we had the most amazing upbringing, um, always in the north of England. Uh, my father obviously was away because he was playing. Mum, mum, and dad married quite young and had um, Liam and I quite young, um, and my dad was playing away. So, mum kind of single handedly brought us up with dad coming back at, back and forth, and the way my mum dealt with the press um, with my dad being away with um the fame uh and you know all sorts of the so much went on um and she stood you know she stood by and she always stayed with us as a family because the family was the important thing keeping Liam and myself stable and happy and sheltered from the nasties because people love to build you up and then knock you down and it's mm-hmm. fine whilst building you up but that's my daddy you know that was my that was my daddy who people were taking pops at and they would you know they would do it in public and people still do people will still be wow. extremely that 99% of the people are absolutely delightful but if you're in the public eye people feel that they have carte blanche to criticize the way you look what you're wearing what you're doing, you wait, you, they find it, you know, well, they're in the public eye, they won't mind. No, they do. Everyone's human. And I do, you know. So the person who influenced me and the way I am, I think, is is, is my mum, because she brought us up and she's resilient. She's strong, but she's kind. Mm. And she, she went through, she's been through a lot. Um, and she's she's got all her friends from when she was young. All all her old friends are still there. There's such a tight group of them, um, and she kept everyone grounded. And she never she never really lost it. She I never remember her. She's like the swan. She's probably peddling like Billyo under Underneath, the water, yeah, and you know whatever it was. But when you looked, so you you wouldn't have known as a, a child growing up. That's so beautiful. What a, what a, yeah, what an inspiration your mum was and as that, as that mentor and, who, and who's inspired you through. And in terms of, you know, if you could go back and tell your younger self something, have you got a piece of advice for a young person or, or something you would go back and tell your younger self if you had your time again? Yeah, just don't worry about it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. All the things that you look back and you think, why, 
why did I spend so much time worrying about that? And now, even as an adult, sometimes I'm one of those terrible people that I'll get tired and I'll go to bed. Um, and I go to, and I'm shattered and I lie there and I think, right, switch off, switch off, switch off, switch off. Oh, did I do that? And suddenly I'll start thinking, now, did I do that? Um, should I do that? What about that? Oh, God, did I? And I start panicking about things. 3 a.m., 3 a.m. horrors I get. And then I wake up at 7 a.m. absolutely blooming shattered. And nothing's really an issue. And I just, I think that's, a lot of people have that because I've spoken about it to people. But I think that's probably a knock-on of that. Just don't worry about it. Just be a little bit more laid back and everything will work out in its own way. Something will happen. Just don't stress and make the most of every situation. Think of all the fabulous times I had at school, but I might have been slightly anxious about something or or being liked by people. That's the other thing. You want to be accepted and liked. And some some of the people I wanted to accept me and really like me, I now look back and I think, why? (laughs) (laughs) Really, why did I? But it's hard being a teenager, isn't it? And growing up and going through school there's so much and and I and I suppose you were going through that and also you know living with a dad in the public eye and you guys in the public eye I guess as well and you know so many things on young people and you know growing up through that it's it's really good advice to say don't worry it will all work out we were lucky it was the the years before social media because I think now with social media you know everybody can be perfect everyone can have that perfect life can't they no one you know Nobody has worry in the world on on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, do they? They're all perfect. Their meals are perfect. Their holidays are perfect. I know. Even when I make some of these recipes, I'm like, how did mine not turn out to look like that? It just doesn't look the same. No. And theirs probably tasted awful, Liv. Yours was amazing, I'm sure. Well, we are going to come to the end of this um, podcast and end with our favourite question about your school run memory. But um, ultimately, I wondered if we could just go back to the Headingley event um, because businesses are invited, schools are invited. I know that we're working hard from from a Little Voices point of view to um, spread the word and communicate about this event to schools to bring along some young people and bring some of the senior leadership team along to be inspired by your father, Lord Ian Botham, uh, Mike Bridge, and Jamie Peacock, Anna Coulson, and you obviously bringing all of this together and these amazing partners mm-hmm. and people. Um, if there's a business out there that wants to put it to their director to let them come or get a table or a school teacher who thinks or a young person that can go to the school and say, we want to go to this, how do they get in touch, Sarah? And what's, what's the best way? Obviously, we're going to put all the links and email contacts within the show notes of this episode. Um, but is there an easy way to get in touch with you? I think that's the best way to do it, for them to go in the notes of, of this episode. And, um, and you can put, put my email there. Brilliant. Um, and yeah, then we'll they can contact, email there. contact me directly. Um, put the link to the Mail Online article because that has the, the flyer on it and all the details and, and bits. That was an things. amazing article with the Daily Mail, wasn't it? All about it the was. event, Developing Future Winners. Yeah. Because I guess it's so poignant that it's back at Headingley in line yeah. with that with, with what happened all those yes, years ago in your career. It's, it's in that the space um we were talking about that before but I probably went off track and off tangent as I always do but it's after the second test match um and England and Australia are obviously playing it's Ashes it's at Headingley um so it would be like we're sort of sitting in that room at 42 years later and they're going to be talking about what happened on the pitch which you can see um just outside the room so yeah, it, it it will be really nice and really special. Um, really for, brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it'll yeah, be great. Really and then brilliant. Jamie as well, Jamie who's hosting, he played on the other side. Yes, <laughs> so of course. on the other side. Of course. <laughs> and I've got lots of friends in York. <laughs> I've got lots of friends in Yorkshire. I went to Sheffield Uni. Lots of my friends live in Leeds and Harrogate and Weatherby and all around there. And um, 
they're working hard to to think whether they're going to come and, and the schools that their children go to. So it's just going to be a fabulous day. And this isn't the only event. Like you say, you're bringing this back. There's going to be multiple events. So yep. there's also opportunity for anyone listening that wants to engage with schools, engage with other businesses and develop future young people, future winners, um, but particularly in that space, to be a sponsor. And we probably haven't touched on that, but, you know, I'm sure in future future events and maybe this one, there's some tiny space left if people want to be involved in a sponsorship way as well. Look, we're, we're ongoing. Developing future winners is, is going to keep on going. We're, we're working on a, a Rugby World Cup, developing future winners for the autumn. We're, we've got one for the Olympics next year. Um, so they are ongoing. We're using different personalities from different backgrounds and walks of life um, in different areas of the UK. So we're, we are traveling. It's not all going to be up in, in the north of England. We're, we're traveling. We've got a few schools who have asked um, to host uh, future conferences, which is great because then we really do get to interact with the children um, and listen to what they have to say. The Frobelian School are very, um, very uh, much hands-on with with this one we're doing um, in Leeds. Uh, they're going to be performing for us throughout uh, towards the end of the day, um, and they're also putting together their own list of of sporting winners over the last century. Um, wow. And they're working on on a project with their friends and families um, to put it together, so we can get a really inclusive idea of how they see what their winners are and how how they um come to to have that person as their winner what what qualities do they believe makes them a winner um from the age of five up to uh 11 so it's great because you get such a broad spectrum and an understanding of how different people think and and how different generations think um, but yeah, we are we are ongoing. Um, we work with some fabulous people. We've got some fabulous partnerships um, which are ongoing. Um, and, but we're always looking to build on it. So yeah, if anybody wants to get involved, then please get in contact and and let's have a chat. Yeah. So as I say, I'm going to put all the details in the um, in the show notes. We're obviously on Instagram, the school run underscore official. Um, you'll always be able to hook in with Olivia or myself on Facebook, LinkedIn. We've got a LinkedIn page and we'll be putting information of the event on there. We're interviewing Anna in a, in a few weeks time, hopefully as well. So you can hear from someone else involved in developing future winners. Uh, before we go on to our final question, I do want to thank you publicly for reaching out, Sarah. It's an honour for Olivia yeah. and I to be involved as a partner with you on this project um, and I think it's just going to run and run and be so so successful because it's so needed so thank you for that and um, my mum listens every week and she always she always gets a little shout out but she says you've got to ask them the question Jane and the question is always do you have a school run memory well we used to have to go we we started um going to a school down near Thirst when we lived there and then we moved house. We moved further up north, but there was a school bus. So we used to get the school bus and <laughs> it was, you didn't have to wear a seatbelt in the back of a school bus back in those days. And it was the old, it was the old blue van with the doors which opened out the back and down each side there was a long bench. No seatbelts, nothing. You just shoved your bags underneath it and you sat on, sat on these two benches. And uh, Mr. Webster used to drive it and he always used to wear a, a long blue coat. And uh, there was a big hill on the on the way up to school. So we used to always say, go on, Mr. Webster, go, go, go. And we, we would get him home and he would put his foot down. <laughs> and we'd all bounce up and down on the seat <laughs> because we could. And when we went over the hill, and I'm sure there are pupils who still go to that school, that hill's still there, I know it is. And we used to, I mean, we, our heads used to hit the top of the... <laughs> <laughs> You'd be lucky if you landed back on the seat. But we used to do that every single morning going in, all ages. We used to do it and it was brilliant. And we'd all be in hysterics when we got out of the school bus. Devastated <laughs> when they upgraded the bus and we actually had seats. <laughs> and seat belts. I mean, wow. 
<laughs> the sun just disappeared overnight. <laughs> oh, thank you for that lovely memory and for bringing a little giggle at the end of our of our podcast. We can picture that really well. Um, thank you for being with us. And uh, we're really looking forward to the, we better say the date, 3rd of July, Headingley Stadium. And all the details to get in touch with Sarah to book a table and be involved will be on the show notes. Thank you. Or book a half table and we can pay you with a school. Or pay oh, with even better pay with a school and then you can get that real connection thanks Sarah thank you for having me bye see you there thank you so much for listening to another episode of the school run podcast if this is your first time listening please go back and maybe listen to a few other episodes that we've previously recorded there's lots of interesting topics people's different roles and careers we're sharing all of these stories to inspire and empower young people that's our reason why you don't have to have it all figured out at school my co-host Liv is my 15 year old daughter and I just keep telling her that school is just a small chapter of of life and there's so much out there if you just say yes to those opportunities you don't have to have it figured out at school we're privileged to be having these conversations and we're really thankful to our guests for coming on please would you hit the follow button on the podcast channel that you're listening to us on this will really help us to grow and improve the podcast long term It'd be lovely if you could write us a review on the podcast that you listen to us on and maybe give us a star rating. Lots of people have already bought us a virtual coffee so that we can have some chats and plan the content going forward. The link is www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash the school run. And as Liv has already told you in the middle of this episode, we do have an Instagram, the school run underscore official, and we also have a LinkedIn showcase page. Would you just share this podcast if you've enjoyed it with one other person today? That would really help us. Thank you so much. Don't forget to click that follow button and we'll see you again next Monday at 6am. Listener.